This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, in studio for the next three hours. Two to five o'clock. We're going to go three hours long, three hours strong. Unnecessary Roughness. Raider Nation Radio 920. The heels of JT the Brick, which is coming off the heels of the morning tailgate. Clay Baker and Heidi Fang held it down in a major way. And every single day, the anticipation gets a little bit more. Every single day, the energy and electricity builds up a little bit more. And just like last week, I was having trouble sleeping towards the end of the week because I knew what was coming up on Sunday night. I'm getting that way. I'm starting to get that feeling again towards the end of the week. Now, it's been a busy week, so it hasn't been impossible to sleep <laughs> let's not get it twisted I mean especially since we didn't get to get a get in from Sunday night football till super late and uh, get done with work about two three o'clock in the morning kind of been behind anyway but the anticipation level is so high for Saturday and we got so much going on around the radio station on Saturday that uh, I'm, I'm super excited we have basically parties going on all over the place matter of fact I'll just go ahead and tell you off top uh, Clay Baker is going to be hosting a nice little watch party at uh, Rocky's Bar and Grill on Maryland Parkway. Uh, there's going to have all kind of food and drink specials. Starts at 1 o'clock. And if you're wearing a Raider jersey, you get the first draft beer on Rocky's Bar and Grill. So there you go. You know the motto. If it ain't free, it ain't me. Well, there you go. That's a free beer. That is. That is. So there you go. And then, of course, we'll have a, a, a major event going on as well at the M Resort, the official team hotel of the silver and black. Uh, I'll be doing Q's kickoff, the pregame pregame show leading into the official pregame show with JT, the brick and Eric Allen. We'll have uh, Raider alumni going to be there. I know Bruce Gregkowski is going to join the show. Matter of fact, he's going to join uh, the kickoff show and then he's going to also join JT and Eric Allen. So that should be a lot of fun having all three of them together on the show. And then uh, having myself and Bruce and Damon, you said you're going to join us too. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Right. I'm telling people. Boom. I got to be on it now. There you go. Yeah. Now now I know that DeMond's going to show up now that he's starting to tell people about it. So uh, Saturday should be a lot of fun, man. We're inviting Las Vegas to all be, uh, you know, a part of this. And this is the first time that the Raiders have had a playoff game uh, while they've been in Las Vegas. And so we're really going to try to get the community to come together and have a lot of fun. So that's going to be on Saturday. But, hey, we still got a couple days before that happens. And we're here today to have a really good show. Again, three hours long, three hours strong. It's going to be uh, myself and DeMond till 5 o'clock. Then we're going to pass the sticks on to uh, the Raiders hour. It's going to be just one hour of Raider programming. We do it each and every week. Usually we do it at 6 o'clock on Thursdays, but we're going to kick it up an hour from 5 to 6 p.m. So that's going to be the rundown for the rest of the afternoon. And, of course, Raider Nation, we're going to want to hear from you throughout the course of the show, either on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, or the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Got some uh, really good guests coming up on the show today. I'm excited about Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. We haven't had him on for a while. I think he was... Was he our first guest that we ever had on on this show? I think he was. At least in the first week. No, I think he was our very first guest. I think he was. And I know that John McClain was on right after that. He was probably our second or third guest. But I think Omar was our very first guy that we ever kicked off the show with. And that was back in, what, July? 
I was in July. My I'm first... not going to lie. I was like, we've been doing a show that long? Yeah, yeah. My first show was July 15th. And you know what? My first show was July 15th, and it wasn't even Unnecessary Roughness. We filled in for Vinny because Vinny was in Italy on vacation. And that was the day. Remember our first show was at the Raiders facility? And that's when Gruden rolled up on me in the blue Mercedes. I told, remember that was that was the oh, yeah, very you were first. Flexing. I w- no, he I was wasn't like, flexing. Ne- I was, was like excited. Next, he was like nice truck. Yeah, no, he said nice, nice. Uh, he said nice vehicle. Is that what he said? Nice something. Yeah, and it's I, your story. You can yeah, tell everyone. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you too, coach. <laughs> no, he said nice car because I said, yeah, you too, coach. That's right. But anyway, yeah, that was the very first show. That was back in July 15th. Now it's a uh, almost January 15th. We've been we've been doing it this long and nobody's kicked us out yet. So uh, hey, we're doing we're we're doing all right. I know there's a couple people that have been trying to kick us out, <laughs> but yo, people know things that we don't even know. Right, right, no doubt about it. Shout out to our guy Ernesto. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's a, a lot going on on today's show. Again, Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. He'll join us at 2:30 just to talk about the playoffs that are coming up this weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend, and of course what he saw from the Raiders Sunday night, what he's seen from Rich Bisacci as the head coach, where the Raiders are, the opportunity they have against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'll tell you this off top, and I know we haven't really dove deep into the game. These two teams to me feel very evenly matched. It doesn't look like a game where, oh man, the Raiders are really going to have to work really hard to win this game. I mean, they are going to have to work hard. Every game is going to be tough, but it doesn't feel like one of those where it's like, there's no chance they're going to win this one. It feels very evenly matched. The Raiders aren't talking the way Big Ben is talking about Kansas City, (laughs) where it's just like, yo, we might lose by 20. Who knows? Right, right. No, I mean, again, I look at every team in the playoffs right now. And I say the only team that the Raiders have a really bad matchup with is Kansas City. That's it. And I think that's a, a, a has a lot to do with the fact that Ruggs isn't there and that speed. And um, really, that's that's really it. I mean, the, the speed that Ruggs provided was something that I think that they needed to go in there and, and have a fighting chance against Kansas City. They just they just are are different without that that dynamic guy that could take the top off the off the defense. So uh, it, not, not that that matters. None of that matters because the only thing that matters is Cincinnati. But I do, gut feeling tells me it's a very evenly matched game. Of course, we'll break it down throughout the course of the week. At 3 o'clock, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show. Uh, talk about Allegiant Stadium and all the fans that have been in there so far just this year. Over 500,000 people have entered Allegiant Stadium at either a Raider game, a UNLV game, a concert, some kind of major event that's gone on, WWE, any kind of major event that's gone on at Allegiant Stadium. Over 500,000 fans have showed up, which is actually ahead of the estimation that they had when they built Allegiant Stadium. They have so many. uh, You want to talk about the the room tax that's going on here in Las Vegas. I believe it's – I can't remember how much they made. I will have to ask Mick, but that's why we're going to have Mick on because he's got all the details. But basically, Allegiant Stadium is paying for itself in a major way. There's so many people that are coming to to Las Vegas, going to the stadium, enjoying uh, the facilities, enjoying the uh, the rooms and everything on the strip. It's just that stadium is is it's worth its weight in gold. I mean, it really is. It's paying for itself in a major way. So they're very far ahead of the curve. Well, also, I mentioned Henry Ruggs earlier. We get an update on what's going on with him in court. He was in court again this morning, or at least his representation was in court this morning. So we'll get a little bit of an update from Mick coming up at three o'clock. And then, and I know I'm opening up a can of worms. I know I am opening up Pandora's box, but I got hit up so many times on Twitter last night, either DMs or just direct tweets. I know you did as well. And like I said, this is totally opening up Pandora's box, but we're gonna, I'm going to play a, a song, a Raiders anthem. And I know there's a, like 5,000 Raider anthems out there right now. Some of them are good. Some of them are not. <laughs> no, I'm just, I mean, I'm just being real. I'm, I'm putting my music director uh, hat back on. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'll be spitting hot fire. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Some, 
some Raider anthems that I've heard out there are just not good. Just plain not good. And then there's some that are really good. And this one is really good. And I don't even know if there's really an official title besides it's just a Raiders anthem for, prepared for this Sunday's or Saturday's game against Cincinnati because it actually references the Bengals in the song. And I, was, I got hit up by, I don't know, so many different people. Q, you got to put this on. Q, you got to play this song. Q, you got to play this song. So, of course, like I said, doing my old music director skills, I listened to it. And once I got through the first, like, 15 seconds, I said, okay, this is, this is pretty good. So I kept listening. And I kept listening. And I thought, damn, this is really good. I played it back again. And then I tweeted you last night. Or I tweeted and said, we're going to run it on the show tomorrow. Damon, have it ready. Which, I guess you thought I was kidding. I totally thought it was a joke. <laughs> I thought you were just trying to appease the fan base I don't, out there. I'm not, like, I, don't, I don't appease people. I don't appease people. It's I, like, I hey, just, man, I call it how it is. Ready. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I got you, Q. I never do anything just to appease anyone. Anyone. Ask the wife. I don't do anything to appease anybody. I just do what <laughs> I do. Why catching a streak? <laughs> <laughs> she knows. She knows. I keep it real. But it was really good. The song was really good. So we're going to have Z Spiritual. Z He's uh, his Twitter is at 408Z. He's on the, he'll be on the show at 330. Uh, he's a spiritual sniper, and he's got the song. It's a Raider anthem, and it's really good. It's only about a what, minute and a half, I think, is, is the length of him. Maybe two minutes at the max. Two minutes. Two minutes. There you go. But it's really good. I think he did a good job. The last time we played a song here on the show was, what, Too Short and Neo. That was the very first game yeah, of the season. Yeah, Ice Cube, yep. Yeah, that was a good song. I'll play a song that's a really good song. This one is really good. So I'm gonna play it at 3:30, and we'll talk to we'll talk to Z, the spiritual sniper, here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, as I said, we're gonna extend the show till five o'clock. So I got an interview that I did this morning on SENZ Radio in New Zealand. That's right, New Zealand. We're going international, baby. You know, when someone overseas hits you up and says, "Hey, we want you on the show to talk Raiders," you 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 take that you take that invite. So this morning, about 10 o'clock. On Thursday, here, and I, I, I love the tweet that you put out there. You said, uh, what did you say about Q's on the radio in New Zealand on Friday, but it's really Thursday or something? Yeah, it's, it's Friday in New Zealand. It's Thursday here in Vegas, so technically you time traveling. Hey, call it what you want to. I time traveled and I'm back because uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I did this uh, interview on the on the uh, Baz and Izzy breakfast show or show Baz and Izzy for breakfast, whatever you want to call it. But it was, you know, it was all radio in New Zealand and it was a lot of fun. And these guys are uh, fired up. They're big time Raider fans. And we had a really good time. I mean, we had a really good time on the interview. So I thought I'm going to bring this to the table. It's not every day that I bring an interview that I do on another radio station to the table, but I thought this was a really good one. So we're going to hear that coming up at four 30. Can't wait to hear it. I want to see, did you drop a mate in there? I got, I, they oh, did say mate. They did, but they even dropped. I mean, they actually they might have one upped you, man. What they, they do? They you'll hear it. Okay, you'll well, hear I it. Can't, for, I can't wait. They might have actually one upped you. They one upped me. Okay. You know, I always say Demond's on the wheels of steel. They might have one upped you on the wheels of steel, brother. Just saying, you might have to step your game up. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Now I'm thinking, what's what's so great about New Zealand? <laughs> now you're getting a little salty. Why are you gonna get salty? Took a shot at me. I didn't take a shot at you. you. Know, I just said I mean, they, they did a good job, man. Now, I'm going to have to go 21 hours into the future. The way that they brought me in and the way they introed me in, well, man. you want pop and circumstance? I, I was, you want more pop and circumstance? I mean, I was, I was like a rock star. Hey, I give it up Q. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't like that. But you'll hear it. You'll hear it. They had it, they had it fired up, man. I felt like I was, uh, I thought I was walking out on stage to 50,000 people screaming my name. I didn't know, man. It was, it was major. 
They did it big in New Zealand, man. Say, hold up. <laughs> Y'all want more than chicken, man. <laughs> you got me to reintroduce myself. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I thought I was throwing the rock up and everything. <laughs> So that's the those are the guests that we have coming up on the show today. Omar Ruiz kicks us off at 2.30. Mick Akers will be at 3. We'll have Z, the spiritual sniper, at 3.30. And then you'll hear the interview I did in New Zealand this morning. You'll hear that at 4.30. Now it's time to jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, the thing I love about what the Raiders have been able to do these last four games is they're on the four-game winning streak is they're winning games, and it's not all just because of Derek Carr. And this is not a shot at Derek Carr at all. But they're winning games without him having to throw for 300 or score 30 points every game. He doesn't have to throw the ball 40, 45 times. They're really a lot more balanced. I talked the other day about Josh Jacobs and, and the way that he's been able to run enough. Uh, obviously, he went over 100 yards last game, but he's been able to do a Good enough job running the rock to open up everything else. Now they get Darren Waller back. This is going to be the second week with him. Uh, you have to ex- expect him and Derek Carr to be on a better on a better uh, page than they were on Sunday. You could just tell that they were a little bit off on Sunday, a little bit of rust, and that's okay. That's going to happen. The guy hadn't played since Thanksgiving, so now they have a week of you know basically a virtual or walkthroughs. I mean, it's not really a padded practice or anything. And you'll hear from Rich Passaccia later on in the show as well, but. You have to assume that they're going to be on a better page. And you have to assume that Derek Carr is going to go out there with the purpose. I thought he was going to have a monster game on Sunday night. I did. That was my expectations. It didn't turn out to be that. And so I was, I don't want to say disappointed, but I was just, it didn't, it didn't live up to the ex- expectations that I had for him. Because I thought, well, all right, he's going into the playoffs. This is an opportunity to get to the playoffs for the very first time in his career. He's going to go out there and ball out. And, I mean, he did. Good enough. You know, he completed the passes he needed to do. He, he completed some big-time passes when he needed to in a major way, matter of fact, and, you know, put this team in position to win the game. They ultimately won the game. So with all that being said, knowing that the team is a lot more balanced now, and that's even something he's talked about in the post-game media session, like, hey, we don't have to score 30. I don't have to throw for 300. He, he doesn't even like hearing that. He hates it. Matter of fact, when we talked about that in, in the media sessions, oh, I don't, we can win without me uh, throwing for 300 yards. We don't have to have that. Like, he doesn't want to hear that. So with all that being said, knowing that the weather is going to be a little, little ugly as well, I, I think that they're going to avoid snow, which is a good thing, but it's still going to be cold. It's still going to be probably in the 20s, so that's as cold as it needs to be. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's plenty cold. With all that being said, what kind of performance do you think Derek Carr is going to have on Saturday? What kind of performance do you think he needs to have on Saturday for the Raiders to have a chance to win this game? I'll tell you straight up, I don't think he needs to throw for 300. I don't think he's going to throw for 300. I think that the, the weather and the circumstances behind that weather are going to dictate that a little bit. I think there's going to be a lot riding on that offensive line, opening up some, some holes for Josh Jacobs to be able to run the rock. You know, maybe get Jalen Richard involved a little bit as well, third down back, maybe catching a couple passes out of the backfield, running a little bit. You know, I don't think he'll have any third and 23 draws where he gets in 24 yards like he did on Sunday. But, I mean, he, he could contribute as well. But I think that it's going to be a, a heavy dose of the run game. And I know that's not that easy because the Bengals have a really good run defense. As we heard yesterday when we had Jay Morrison from The Athletic on, who's been covering the Bengals like a glove for a long time. They have a very good run defense. But I think that the if the Raiders are going to be successful on Saturday, and I do believe they have a chance to be successful, they're going to have to have some kind of 
run game going. They're going to have to be cooking a little bit. Again, it doesn't have to be 100-plus yards. It just has to be enough to be able to open things up so uh, a Hunter Renfro can get, get loose a little bit underneath. Darren Waller can get loose underneath. As Jay told us yesterday on the show, the tight ends, the Bengals have struggled to, to stop the tight ends from eating. So this could be a game that, oh, hey, Darren Waller's back just in time. And it still doesn't mean that Derek Carr has to go for 300. It just means that he, he can do just enough. This might be a game he only throws the ball 20 times. You know, I mean, very easily could be. Again, I think that the recipe for a victory for the Raiders, I think you're seeing Josh Jacobs run the ball probably 20-plus times and get anywhere from, I'd say, like 80 to 100 yards. If he can get anywhere from 80 to 100 yards, carry the rock at least 20 times, I think that's a recipe for a victory. And we'll, we'll deep dive into keys to the game on tomorrow's show as we close out the week, but that's just kind of my initial thoughts right now. So, I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Also, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187. What kind of performance does Derek, Derek Carr need to have on Saturday? What do you think he's going to have? What do you see need to have, and what kind of performance do you think that uh, he, he's going to have? Again, 702-365-9200. Who's up first? Rossi in Australia. Rossi! Talking about international in Australia. What's up, my man? How are we going, boys? Are we starting to get excited? Wait, say it again, running back. Are we uh, are we getting excited now? Is it time for that game face on? Right. Um, we've got, if he throws more than twenty, we're in trouble. I I, I think that that's playing catch up football. So if he can. Really good, strong path efficiency, 75%, 70%, and has uh, been only thrown about 20 times. I reckon that, that's going to really put us in a strong position to win. It means that the O-line, and, and personally, that's, that's where this game's going to be won and lost, is in both trenches, certainly uh, for, for me. But, yeah, that, that's what I'm, I'm hoping and, and expecting from, uh, from D.C., all right, good stuff, good stuff. It got a little windy, so you started getting a little muffled there. But it sounds like uh, sounded like you were talking about uh, got a win in the trenches and and maybe a seventy five percent completion rate, around twenty passes is what you're looking for from DC. Again, it got uh, your phone got a little windy there, but I think that that's what you were trying to say. And that's that's I mean seventy five percent. You're completing seventy five percent of your passes. You're doing a really good job. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I just think that it's the it's the important passes that he's got to hit. You know, and, and that's kind of similar to what we saw on Sunday night against the Chargers. Again, I mean, it just wasn't the most efficient night. Let's not make any mistakes about it. But it, it also wasn't uh, like a bad night. It was, hey, there's a third and seven, third and eight. He's got to make a completion. He's got a, a, an out to the, to, the, uh, you know, to the boundaries, to Zay Jones, and boom, he hits it on the money. A lot of the completions, and I know Derek Carr catches a lot of hell all the time, but a lot of the completions that he had on Sunday, if he's not as accurate as he is, those are going the other way. There's a lot of passes that he was able to squeeze in and, and put into a tight window and get it right where the wide receiver could make a play and that was it. That's one of that's one of the things that I noticed from the game. Again, it wasn't a, a ton of, of completions. He didn't just throw the ball all over the yard, but the passes that he needed to have were the passes he was able to get. 702-365-9200. Who's up next, Amon? Charles in Kentucky. Charles, Kentucky. What's up, my man? 
Hey, how you doing, Q? Good to talk to you guys. I got my tickets, and I'm I'm traveling down to Cincinnati Saturday to see this game. Nice. I hope I hope I get to see some of Raider Nation there. Uh, I don't know, it'll be pretty cold, but right. Uh, oh, I, I just called. I have one little complaint about the Raiders and uh, about the San Diego game and about the Colts game. But uh, number one, I want to thank the Raiders because anybody that's a Raiders fan shouldn't be complaining about this team. They've gave us a hell of a season. But, you know, that I heard him on the news say that the Raiders got lucky winning this game. But you go back to one play that sticks out to me. When they handed that ball to Renfro, if they give that ball to Jacobs twice, we're never talking about all them fourth downs. And we, and we win probably by seven, and the Chargers are dominated. It's such a weird thing, that small narrative in that game. You know what I'm talking about? Right, right. I, I, I surely hope if we get in this situation, just give the ball to Jacobs I never want to see Renfro three yards behind the scrimmage running the right. ball. Well, not twice but, in a row either. That was the thing, twice in a row. Yeah, and we just, it was two yards. Just give it to Jacobs. But either way, I'm proud of the Raiders, man. And I'm I'm happy, to, even if we lose this game, they've gave us a heck of a season, man. This is this has been, if, if Raider fans are complaining about Carr or anybody else, it's just, it's just stupid because right. a lot of teams are sitting at home right now. But I, I think we got a shot to win this game. But uh, you think there'll be a big, turnout Raider Nation in this cold game. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Thank you for the call. I do appreciate you. Yeah, I think Raider Nation is definitely going to show out, um, you know, in Cincinnati. I, I know it's going to be cold, but it's going to be cold for all the fans. You know, I, I think that Raider Nation is really going to represent. It's been a, a, a long time since the Raiders have been in the playoffs. I, I think there's no doubt about it that there's going to be a good representation for the silver and black. And yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of running the same play in a row uh, twice to, to Hunter Renfro. I just, I, I didn't understand it. Uh, it didn't make any sense to me. But you know, there, there you go. Or the same, they ran the same formation, I believe. Then they handed off to they handed off to Josh the first play, right? And then the second one, they gave it to Hunter. Yes, yeah. And it was the exact but same, the formation, same formation going in yeah. motion. Yeah, it's like it worked so well the first time. They yeah. won't see it coming this second time, right? And and they, that's right. They jumped on Renfro the first time, and Jake it picked up some nice yardage, and then they jumped on Renfro the second time, and he had the ball, and he yeah, lost some it was good just yardage. Like they won't think that we're going to give it to right. him this time, right? Exactly. If they got so forward on the fake the first time, right? Yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't a fan of that uh, at all. So yeah, don't don't do that. Let, let's scrap that one out of the out of the playbook. But uh, let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line one more time at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who's up next? Fargo Raider. What's up, my dude? What's up, my man? How you doing? Hey, thank you guys for taking my call. How you doing today, Tim Demond? Blessed. How you doing? Good, good. Staying warm, getting ready for the snow, so I'm, you know, I'm cooling. Right, right. Uh, I'm going to say I think Card has a about 210 to 250. Okay. I I, don't, I couldn't tell you the attempts or yards, but I think, I, I think that's what he's going to go for. He's not going to need to throw it all around the yard because our running game has improved so much. We finally have the the maulers mauling on the front. You know, James gets out there, he gets going, he moves bodies out the way. Right. So I'm that's what I'm looking forward to. And while the run defense for the uh Bengals is good, it isn't anything to to really fear. I think we're gonna get in there and put the fear of God in them with our line. Okay. That's my two cents. You guys have a good one. Thanks for taking my call, Q. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, I mean, look, that run defense for the Bengals is good. It is. I mean, it, it's it's not going to be something that the Raiders are going to go, go in there and dominate. Now, that doesn't mean, like you said, they're not going to fear anybody. I mean, they don't fear any team in the league. They're, it don't matter who you are. You know, they're, they're not going to fear them at all. But they just going to have their work cut out for them. That means the offensive line, the big uglies, they're going to have to put their work in. You know, uh, Leatherwood's going to have to be really good. Parker's going to have to be really good. Andre James is going to have to be really good. Simpson. Really good. Colton Miller, same thing. You know, and on top of that, 
Cincinnati's got some edge rushers. They got some edge rushers that can get after the quarterback. Guys with double-digit sacks in the league, you know? So those are guys that, you know, you can't shake a stick at. So that the offensive line's going to definitely have their work cut out for them. Really, this game, to me, if you if you just want to boil it down to a nutshell real quick, I would say that it, it it's going to be one in the trenches. I mean, it's that simple. I think the game's going to be one in the trenches. Offensive line and defensive line. Whoever has the better of the two is going to win. Uh, I got a tweet from AK Raider. says, Carr needs to be efficient. Doesn't need to ball out, just has to keep the D honest, and Jacobs has to chew up the clock. And that's kind of how I look at it. I couldn't look at it the same way. Carr's got to be efficient, and, and, and that's fine. That's not a bad thing. Just has to go and, and do what he has to do and, and hit, the, hit the balls that, that he has to hit. Hit the ones that are there and, and the one that, ones that he needs, just like he did on Sunday night, and make it happen. And again, I'm, if I'm the Raiders, I'm leaning heavily on Josh Jacobs in the run game and hope that it, it, it comes to play on, on Saturday. And if it doesn't, well, then you have to go back to the drawing board. You can't just keep pounding your head against the wall thinking it's going to you know, change. If it's not working, then you're going to have to make some adjustments at halftime, and you're going to have to go out there and do what you got to do. Got one text from Mailman Raider, then we'll take a break and get to Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. Mailman Raider says, with the weather, I think we need to see D.C. keep the momentum on scrambling. Maybe some design rushes from him to catch Cincinnati off guard. The game will be one in the trenches, and D.C. running adds another element. Need to be more creative with Mariota as well. Okay. I like that. I, I felt like on Saturday or Sunday that Mariota was almost being forced onto the field a little bit too much. You know what I mean? There was there was one drive. And see, that's the that's the fine line between when you use the Mariota package and when you don't. Because there was one drive that they had where he was on the field the first first down and second down. And then all of a sudden it didn't really get too much yardage. Then Derek Carr has to come in on third and eight. And I almost feel bad for Derek Carr because if they don't pick up the first down, then everyone says, oh. It's another wasted possession. Carr didn't get it done. Well, he only had one shot at it. So, and I've asked that to Rich Basaccia before. Like, you know, what's the fine line in when to use it, when to call it, and when not to? When not to slow down momentum that DeMond doesn't believe there is anything of or any kind of consistency? And when do you go to it? You know, so uh, you got to really get creative. Uh -oh. oh, if anything, they probably thought momentum is on our side <laughs> if we do the same formation and give it to Hunter Renfro. We got the momentum going. Josh just picked up a couple yards on the on it before, so we're gonna go right back to it again. Keep that momentum rolling. No, that's not that's not Uncle Mo. Uncle Mo is when you're going down the field, you just scored a touchdown, you get the ball back, you got an emotional lift, the crowd is behind your back. That's when you've got momentum on your side. That's when you got Uncle Mo on your side. Not not when you pick up three yards on first down. That's not momentum. That's just a three-yard carry on first down. 226 is the time when we come back. Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network. He'll join us to talk about the Raiders and Bengals and the NFL playoffs. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 2.30 on the dot. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton, your boy Q. Join us now on the phone lines, our good buddy from the NFL Network, Omar Ruiz, on Twitter at Omar D. Ruiz. And Omar, thanks so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. Hopefully you had a really good New Year's. I know it's like halfway through January, so uh, I guess talking about New Year's is over, but we haven't talked to you for a minute, so hopefully everything is good. How excited are you for the playoffs? Man, super excited. <laughs> super wild card. I think, uh, you know, especially this weekend when you – 
when you think about seven new teams in the playoffs, and have, you know that's always exciting to get that fresh blood in there. Like you know, the game I'm sure we're going to talk about Bengals and Raiders. One of them will be ending a long streak of of years going by without a playoff win. We're going to have you know the three historic type of quarterbacks with Brady and Rodgers and Roethlisberger. It's all there. You know, all the storylines are there, and you have the the five of the six matchups this weekend were were rematches from the regular season, but then the one that wasn't is the most historic matchup of the weekend, the 49ers and Cowboys. So a lot to look forward to, a lot to be excited about, including our very first Monday night football right Right. here at uh, SoFi Stadium. So I'm pumped to be out there. I'll be part of the pregame show, our postgame show. And uh, and couldn't be more thrilled about uh, what lies ahead this weekend. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really fun weekend. I'm excited about it as well. And before we get into the playoff talk, I wanted to ask you, because your colleagues at NFL Network, uh, Ian Rappaport and company, reported the fact that David Culley was uh, fired from the Houston Texans. And I don't think anyone expected them to be a very good team this year. But what were your thoughts when you saw that David Culley was, uh, was let go? Just lame. Just, you know, what, what a lame, uh, you know, uh, decision number one to hire somebody who it was so clearly uh, laid out that it was their intent to replace them uh, so quickly. Uh, I, I see had seen reports that only two years were guaranteed of his five year contract. So obviously they're already um, you know looking to let go uh, of him c- kind of before this year even played out, mm-hmm. and and knowing that. You know, Deshaun Watson, the question marks. Um, I, I guess it goes back to this: is is if if you're the Texans, and let's let's give them the benefit of the doubt. I know I know a lot of people don't, but let, let's just for the sake of argument that Cal McNair, the owner, Jack Easterby, who kind of is the czar of everything there, and Nick Casario, the GM. Let's say they know what they're doing, and and in doing so, they're there and they evaluate the roster, which I think we all can agree without Deshaun Watson was very deficient going into the year. So your expectations aren't that high. And let's just say for the sake of argument that you couldn't get a hot name candidate last year or somebody that Nick Casario would want to work with, you know, for, for a long time foreseeable future because of the uncertainty with Deshaun Watson and to go hire a guy, you know, for one year, that's a, that's just a horrible way to do business. Right. That's, you know, the, obviously that's, that's setting your yourself up for, you know, to be spinning your wheels. And as competitive as the NFL is, to just have a lost year is, is I think, you know, uh, terrible for your fan base. Um, it, it obviously sets the franchise back uh, a little bit. And, uh, and not to mention just the, the human component to it of just doing a guy like David Coley, who's so well-respected. Um, you know, everyone speaks just so highly of him. And to do him like that, uh, I, I think, was just, you know, again, uh, there's a reason why, you know, the Texans have struggled over the last several years and have had all the issues they've had. And, and, and this is another exhibit in that uh, demonstration. Yeah, no, it really is. And, and I've seen a lot of, you know, just people upset about the situation and, and how they did uh, David Culley, like you mentioned, all over Twitter. A lot of reaction has been just uh, unbelievable, even though we all knew that the team wasn't going to be very good. So you're spot on with uh, what you're saying about Houston and the Texans. But let's get into the playoffs. The Raiders punched their ticket to the playoffs with an epic performance on Sunday night at Allegiant <laughs> Stadium. Uh, you've been covering the league for a long time, Omar. We've been friends for a long time. What did you make of what you saw Sunday night? Uh, it was heart-pounding stuff. And, and uh, 
you know, obviously at this point in my career, having having been, uh, you know, a part of the NFL Network now for you know almost ten years, and and you know I'm I'm pretty objective, and you know don't necessarily have a rooting interest, you know, in these games. You know, I root for people and all that, and and like to see people I have relationships do well. However, you know, the the wins and losses it don't really affect me. But I was so nervous <laughs> watching that game, and and. and and that typically happens, you know, a lot of the times it happens when I'm on the sideline um, you know, waiting for the outcome of a thriller because I'm, I'm sort of processing every single second of every single play. Okay, how does this affect, you know, which questions I'm going to ask in my post-game interview? And, and if it's, you know, like, for instance, I remember, you probably remember this game a couple years ago when it was the Niners and Seahawks. They played for the NFC West title, yeah, yep. the last game of the Sunday night and, and all that. And I remember going back and forth between the sidelines. Okay, if the Niners score here, you know, what questions am I, what, what questions am I asking? If the Seahawks score, and so you kind of have those nerves because it, it affects your job performance and kind of, you know, you're kind of constantly working under those tight uh, deadlines. But this one, it had no bearing on, on the job I was doing. It was just, just genuine thrilling football that uh that you know it's it goes back to the, the reason why we all love sports we all love football and can't get enough of it that was one of those games right there that's why we we're in this business that we're in and it sort of validates you know the, the love for football that we all have absolutely no doubt about it you couldn't have said it any better than that talking with omar ruiz from the nfl network here on unnecessary roughness radio nation radio 920 and we talked about david cully he was a guy that was you know a, a one guy a one-year dude in houston what about the job rich Basacci has done obviously he came into uh the raiders uh, he's been there with the team for a while but uh took over the head co- coaching job under different circumstances what did you think about the job he's done this season Oh, it's been an amazing job. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, if you remember, Q, uh, as soon as John Gruden uh, resigned, I-, I was up in Vegas and kind of covering that story. And, mm-hmm. and, and and the thing that, that everybody kept saying, you know, former players, I should say, um, about what an effect uh, an interim coach has and a midseason coaching change is just how much more individual players get. They get more worried about their performances and their next contract and all that and and that's the first thing that, that that you know almost to a man you know every former player expressed and for that not to be the case in the Raiders situation it is obviously a testament to Rich Passaccia keeping that team together keeping them focused on this mission you obviously have to give credit to Derek Carr you know one of the great leaders in the NFL for for doing the same in that regard but um, but but as far as Rich and the job he did, just just kudos and and I think also you know the the fact that he also not only managed the locker room and, and kept the, the players on the same page, but also the coaching staff because you know being special teams, he didn't necessarily you know he wasn't necessarily involved you know in all aspects of defense, all aspects of offense. So to keep his coaching staff engaged and together too, um, I, you know, I think it's a credit to the veterans that they have on that coaching staff. But again, another credit to Rich to, you know, when, when there can be a power vacuum like that, a lot of voices might get individual agendas. And for that not to permeate the organization uh, is also a credit to Rich, I think. I, I'm sure it's not going to happen, Omar. And I know there's a ton of uh, qual- qualified candidates, but is, is there any chance that he could be in the running for Coach of the Year? Uh, I don't think so. You know, right. I, I think he should be. I think he should be, but I don't think, you know, as far as 
you know, when the voters go, right. that he, he would be considered for that. But um, I don't see there's any reason why he, he shouldn't get a few votes for everything that they went through for them to get to the playoffs like that. I think, you know, obviously the voting is done off the regular season, but, but you know, should the Raiders make a deep run here and they could recast their votes, I think that that might be a situation where they, they might recast it for Rich Passaccia. Right. No, as I was thinking about everything that he had to go through and everything he's done with and everything that you just, uh, you know, pointed out, I thought, man, he sounds like a guy that should be in the running for a coach of the year. Like I said, I'm sure he's not going to get it. I'm, there's Like I said, there's plenty of guys that, that are in line that will probably get it, like a Matt LaFleur in Green Bay or, you know, someone like that. But, yeah, I think that he should at least, like you say, get a little bit of consideration or maybe a couple thoughts or a couple votes here and there. But uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. None of that even matters to him. He doesn't care about that. He cares about this game, though, on Saturday in Cincinnati. Uh, both teams haven't been in the playoffs for a while. The Bengals haven't won a game in, uh, playoff game in 31 years. It's the curse of Bo. Uh, what, what are you going to be looking for in this game on Saturday? Well, I, I, you know, it's that pass rush. You know, obviously we've seen uh, Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby just relentless all year long, and Joe Burrow has been as clutch as, you know, any young quarterback mm-hmm. uh, in the league, maybe outside of of Patrick Mahomes has been early in his career with just some of those big time throws in pressure packed moments. And so, you know, I kind of looking at the numbers, um, you know, we know, we, I, I think we know Crosby and Ngakwe and, and that defensive front, they're going to show up. I am 100% confident about that. They're going to be relentless. They're going to be the, the pass rushers that we've seen all season long. But the question is, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow, you know, under pressure has thrived this season. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, what, what can the secondary do? You know, what can the guys in coverage do to affect that? So I think that's going to be, you know, the, the sort of chess match. And, and when, when you look at a guy who has, has had success in terms of quarterback play under pressure, it means that he's diagnosing defenses. He knows where his outlets are. He knows where to go um, when he's under duress like that. And, and so I think it's up to Gus Bradley to kind of, you know, try to, you maybe have confusion in coverages and try to disguise some things. Because remember, Joe Burrow, he's just in his second year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's seen everything at this point, you know, as far as an NFL player, at least not, you know, to the mastery of, of uh, you know, several year veteran might have been. So I think that's the key to look for uh, in this matchup. Got a couple more games that I wanted to ask you about that are going to happen this weekend. And uh, you mentioned it earlier, the Cowboys and the 49ers. That's a throwback, taking it back to the 90s. What are your thoughts on this game? Oh, I love this game. I've said all year long uh, when Debo Samuel and George Kittle are healthy, the 49ers can beat anybody. And I think we're going to have that tested because I think the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys are as talented as anybody top to bottom, you know, defense and offense. And, um, you know, for the most part, it seems like both teams uh, will come in healthy and and ready to go. And I think this is a, a clash in styles where, you know, the 49ers, you know, they, they want to gash you on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, and that means that they're holding onto the football, they're putting together long drives, and they're keeping the ball out of the hands of that powerful Cowboys offense. So it's kind of working twofold. So if you're a 49er fan, I think you've got to like that matchup. But, but I think overall, for us as football fans, this is just one of those Clash of the Titans type of matchup that, that I think we're in for a very entertaining, thrilling last few minutes type of game on Sunday afternoon. Talking with Omar Ruiz here from the NFL Network on Raider Nation Radio 920. Just got a couple more questions for you. You mentioned Monday Night Football. Uh, The Rams are going to be hosting the Cardinals NFC West Showdown. It's number three on the season. They've played each other twice already. Uh, How do you think this one's going to shake out? What do you be looking for in this game? Well, you know, well, I want to see, I think both of these quarterbacks 
are um, looking for their first playoff win. Uh, obviously, Kyler is just in his third year, making his first playoff start. I want to see how he does in that pressure-packed playoff atmosphere. And Matthew Stafford's out of excuses now. You know, obviously, 0-3 in his career in the playoffs, you know, in, in Detroit and, in, you know, all the, you know, excuses of a poor organization that we've always heard, you know, over the years as, as the reason why they didn't have success there. Well, obviously, that that excuse anymore here. I want to see if, if Matthew Stafford can perform in the playoffs. So certainly that quarterback matchup, I think the Cardinals are, are, in, are in trouble without DeAndre Hopkins. It seems like they haven't found their footing uh, without him. Um, and, and, and I think on defense, I think they'll be okay. Would certainly get a boost, you know, at least emotionally if JJ Watkins can make it back. But, uh, but I, I just, I think that second half of the season, once DeAndre Hopkins, remember he was in and out of the lineup, mm-hmm. you know, middle, middle of the way through the year. And, yep. then, and obviously has had, you know, the injury where he's been out ever since um, their lack of cohesion, their lack of explosiveness um, kind of really, kind of sets the scene for uh, how important DeAndre Hopkins is, and I think not having him is huge. Yeah, Omar, you were speaking to J.J. Watt maybe being like an emotional boost or relief, but Eric Weddle just got signed by the uh, by the Rams there. Why do you pick someone fresh off the couch? Like, <laughs> do you think he has any juice left in the tank? It's a fair question. Man, hasn't played in two years. <laughs> I think, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I would imagine for one game, and I, and I think you – you, you hear a lot of established players. I saw Kurt Warner, you know, one of our analysts and Hall of Famer, tweet the other day that, you know, he, he was out throwing, throwing about 35 passes with his son and, and was hitting everything from within 45 yards. I think, I think a lot of veteran players, especially ones that are, that are really, really good, feel like for one game they can show up and make a few plays to make a difference. And I think, you know, from Eric Weddle's standpoint, that's what he's thinking. I know that the Rams are desperate for help in the secondary because they've been so banged up and obviously don't have, you know, the time to get people up to speed the way Eric Weddle could. Obviously, having played there before, and um, and you know the veteran presence and playing in different defenses and everything like that. So um, you know, it, it's it's a it's a sign how desperate they are, but but also a testament to who Eric Weddle is, um, who the Rams believe he can be. And it's kind of like when they got Von Miller. It's like Von Miller obviously is not the player he once was when he was Super Bowl MVP and all that. But, you know, like he's proven down the stretch here, you just need that one play, you know, every game late. And, uh, and, and that's the difference. And I think they're hoping to get that from Weddle if he's able to go. All right. So do we think he's going to start? And one more question. <laughs> if you could pick one retired player for one game, who do you think would give the best performance? Ooh. Yeah, a current retiree. Yeah, current retired. Yeah, I, I, well, for that one, I go To because you know yes. To is as competitive a son of a gun as, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I still kind of see him out and about. You know, sometimes, and, and he looks like he's in as good a shape. And and for that kind of physical player, physical receiver that he was, you know, he doesn't really need that separation. You know, from a speed component anymore, he can use his body, box out guys, create separation that way. So I think for one game, a dude like that. And don't forget, you know, the competitive spirit, you know, playing the Super Bowl on a broken leg and all mm-hmm. that, and, and, and still having double-digit catches. So I, I'd say him. <clears throat> and then as far as Weddle starting goes, I think there'll be a kind of, you know, by committee type of thing. <laughs> right. And kind of work him in and, and, like I said, just put him in position so 
maybe for one play, two plays, he can be the difference out there versus, uh, you know, a practice squad player. I'll tell you right now, if I'm Kyler Murray and I see Weddle hit the field, I'm going after him immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, test There's him, no right? That, that, that I think, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> let's, say, let's see what you got, old man. Right, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and we'll find out very soon uh, what he's got left. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And Omar, this has been great. Before I let you go, I'm surprised DeMond didn't ask you, so I'm going to do it. He is a Titans guy, and the Titans have a first-round bye. What do you think that they can do with that first-round bye? And assuming Derrick Henry comes back healthy, how far can the Titans go? Well, I, I got him go to the Super Bowl, and, and you know, we've been doing these, uh, these, these NFL picks. And uh, I, I just uh, love that offense with Derrick Henry. He's such a unique um, you know, he's such a unique weapon in the NFL. You know, just certainly a throwback. You know, to the to the old dominant. You know, run run game. Um, you know, when that was you know uh, before it became a true quarterback league and all that. And and I think, and and obviously, you know, time will tell. But I just think that maybe getting hurt, if he's able to come back healthy, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, that getting hurt might have been a blessing in disguise. So you have this guy that was putting up historic numbers early on. But who knows, might have blown a tire late um, or, you know, just kind of been worn down from the season. Now you get him, you know, the most unique, in my opinion, weapon in the NFL. You get him fresh, and I think that's, that's going to be the difference, you know, especially playing at home. Um, you know, just, they just got to win twice. Right. You know? and, so, uh, and so usually people are always arguing about rest versus rust when those teams get the bye. But I think for a team like this who, who relies so heavily – on, uh, but also, you know, Derrick Henry, obviously, they lean on him. He, he was my MVP candidate, you know, midway through the year before he got hurt. But, but it also allowed other guys to step up and for them to find an identity outside of him. So I would say, you know, even if defense is key on him, they obviously won a lot of games without Derrick Henry. And I think they'll be able to count on other guys that maybe they wouldn't have counted on uh, had Henry still been there and, and they would have just given him the rock all season. Well, I'll tell you this. Demond just uh, ordered you a gift basket. It's on his on its way. So uh, look out. He's excited. He's fired Omar up. Omar Ruiz, the best NFL analyst <laughs> in the business today. No one does it the way he does it. <laughs> there you go. Well, Omar is fantastic. He does a great job each and every day uh, for the NFL Network. Omar, thank you so much for your time, my man. I know it's a busy time. Enjoy this weekend. Enjoy the game on Monday night. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon and hopefully catching up with you around Super Bowl as well. All right, yeah, can't wait, and uh, have fun watching the games this weekend, and uh, yeah, talk to you guys later. All right, there he goes, Omar Ruiz on Twitter at Omar D. Ruiz. I'm telling you, DeMond got so excited, he's walking around here like he's, you walking around like you about 6'8". I mean, this dude's in here pacing, he's taking his shirt off now. I mean, he's got an Ultimate Warrior t-shirt on, and he literally is... He's swollen up like the Ultimate Warrior now. I should have never asked that question about the Titans. Hey, yeah, yeah, you really should I can't should believe have. you didn't there ask. I there can't believe go. you didn't ask. Because what's understood don't have to be explained. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> 250 is the time, man. I'm taking a break. I can't do no more of this. I can't do no more of Demond. He's tripping out. 250 is the time. We'll come back, close out hour number one. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left in hour number one, and we'll kick in hour number two. Mick Akers for the Review Journal. He'll join us, talk all things Allegiant Stadium, talk about all the fans that have been pouring through those doors there. Everything going on, the big events going on at Allegiant Stadium. We'll do that at 3 o'clock. Plus, I just saw a note 
about UNLV and the fact that they're trying to get some folks to go to these games and what they're going to do. So we'll ask, Omar, uh, not Omar. I'm still thinking about Omar after uh, DeMond literally tweeted out that he's the best NFL at us. I thought you just told him that. You actually tweeted that out. In the business today, <laughs> there's no one better. Bar none. Whatever cliche you can think of, add it. Okay. All good. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Uh, Omar, if you missed it, gave the Titans a lot of love, said that's his Super Bowl team. Uh, he picked them to go to the Super Bowl, so DeMond's feeling himself right now. He's really in the zone. Now all we got to do is figure out who's coming in second place. <laughs> Does it matter? You know what? It don't to me. Okay. Maybe No, it may be a better story if it's Rodgers or Brady. You know, for the, you know, mm, you know, I don't know if y'all can hear that step, but, you know, step <laughs> on them while they down. Take out one of the goats. <laughs> you are really feeling yourself right now. You know. You are really in another zone. Came back with that 3-6. Okay, I got you. I got you. Grizzlies done won 10 in a row. Oh, man. Now you're going to talk about the Grizzlies. Here you go. All right. Let's get to a couple text messages real quick as we close out this hour. Ask the question about what do you think Derek Carr, what his performance is going to look like on Saturday? What do you think it needs to look like on Saturday? And, of course, that's led into some other conversations about how the game could be won or lost for the Raiders on Saturday. Robin Oakland said, Q. Overall, in bad weather, I believe controlling the ball and managing the number of possessions is important. This means staying on schedule, converting third downs, not turning the ball over, and not taking bad sacks. That's Derek's fundamental task. I like how he broke that down. Then he said, but what if their offense has a good day against our defense? Derek's got to be flexible enough to adjust to any and all situations while taking care of the ball. I don't have a target passing stat line. Derek has to do whatever it takes to win. If he can keep four drives alive with his legs, it would help a lot. Okay. That's from Robin Oakland. He always breaks it down really well. And uh, I, I agree with the weather. I think, and this is why I said earlier in the show that the line of scrimmage is going to be important. I also said earlier in the show that I think the run game is going to be important, even though the, the, the Bengals don't allow a whole lot of yards rushing. And I'll get to another text in a minute that actually has their, their exact numbers on it. They're, they're pretty good, pretty stout against the run. Not saying they can't be ran on, just saying that they're pretty stout. But the offensive line is going to have to put in one of their better days. Just, I mean, it's just as simple as that. And really, that's the only reason I would even question the run game if it's going to be there because we don't know if you're going to see a consistent offensive line and you're going to see holes consistently opening up like you saw on Sunday. Uh, this one, speaking of the Bengals' defense, this is from the 707. The Bengals' defense is top five in total rushing yards, giving up uh, 1,742 yards, but they're 16th in yards per carry at 4.3. So they can be run on, and since it could be possibly snowing, I think the run game is going to decide who wins. And just to let you know, the Raiders only give up 4.2 yards per rush, which is obviously better than the Bengals at 4.3. Thank you for that, because uh, you know I always need as much help as I can get on my math. But no, you're right. Uh, and, and Josh Jacobs was doing a good job of running the ball the first time against the Bengals. They just couldn't get the rest of the offense cooking. And then they went away from Josh Jacobs. And remember, it took till what, late in the fourth quarter when Derek Carr went down the field on three plays? That was when he went down the field on three plays, 75 yards, and scored a touchdown. I asked him about it after the game, and that's when he gave me the famous, uh, you can say whatever you want to say about it. And didn't really. And that's when he went into the, I just want to win. Well, all he's done and all the team has done has won. And they've gotten themselves into the playoffs and have an opportunity to advance. Got a win on Saturday against the Cincinnati Bengals. 2.58 is the time. Thank you for those texts. We'll come back. We'll talk to Mick Akers for the Las Vegas Review-Journal. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920.